I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll think. tell you what I think. What's that you say? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi guys. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen with Heather Matarazzo. That's me. Oh goddess. I mean, I don't even really know what to say. Um, you know, between hurricanes and mass shootings and all of the other fuckery, um, sometimes the only thing that I can do to maintain sanity is to go town a, yes, I was about to talk about your, your kind tag along. Um, is to go down a YouTube rabbit hole where I look at puppy videos, puppies and babies, puppies and kittens, kittens, um, old interviews with Betty Davis and Judy Garland. We all have to engage in self-care in some way. And that is mine (laughs) because the truth is I, I don't have thoughts. I don't have prayers. I, I don't, um, and, and the truth is, you know, I'm tired. Like I feel the, the rest of this country is tired and it's, it's sometimes like shouting into the void. So I know, um, as I've said before, like I know where my talents lie. I know where and how I get to be the most useful, um, and in this, creative rebirth slash incubation um puppy videos on youtube is uh what's helping me to keep my sanity and on that note um i I don't even know how to segue from that i i don't even know how to segue from that because you know um on one hand, I could talk about the guest that I have this week who I absolutely fucking adore, but I'm in no way, shape or form going to, um, compare her to a cute puppy. Cause that's not only sexist and wrong for me. Um, she's just a fucking badass, beautiful being. And you guys, um, might know her from, Luke Cage or now um, Midnight Texas, we have Ms. Barisa Fitz Henley. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> really? Or like, like, uh, we're going to, this, this, this um, podcast encourages lying um, and telling half truths. Mm. So, um, yes, let's go with the live version of how are you doing versus the real honest version of how are you? Okay. So like, I feel like I'm going to give you the, the, the conversational answer to how are you, which mm-hmm. is just, how are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Gotcha. The deflective right back at you. How are you doing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, no, I'm actually... Funny enough, you know, with all the things that you just mentioned, and hey, everybody, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you. This is amazing. I'm I'm actually geeking out right now. Why? 
um because you're amazing you're amazing and damn you got that like radio voice i'm like ooh, <laughs> you know all of a sudden even though it's daytime it's like it became nighttime well i like, i am a scorpio oh and that makes it's so it, much sense okay i got it i got <laughs> i'm a cancer so like i'm like oh yeah. I'm like, hey i'm gonna start crying any second <laughs> like for any reason <laughs> really i'm not kidding um but no i'm 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 glad you asked how i am i realize that's a pretty normal question but like right now with what's happening in the world it's it's one that i keep asking myself like am i okay i don't I don't know. I mean, bad things are happening and also amazing things are happening. So right now, my honest answer is I'm actually excellent, even though I'm super friggin' tired, like emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, like I'm all the tireds, but I'm also kind of psyched because I, I feel like a lot of stuff is kind of I'm being pushed to the edge of a lot of things. And what I'm finding is that at the edge is actually like, I feel like this is going to sound corny, but like is a, is a bigger space than I realized I had. Um, and I don't, oh my God. <laughs> this, can I tell people? Yes, so of course. This mug, this mug that Heather has here says life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's, that's really what's happening right now. Um, and I'm grateful. So it's, it's, yeah. there's no simple answer to how, how are you might when asked to myself today. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> understand every single thing that you just said. Um, and, and I'm grateful because the, the truth is, is that, you know, I love getting to have friendships and relationships mm -hmm. um, with individuals where I get to speak shorthand, like spiritual shorthand, where yeah. it's like, yes, I, I completely understand every single thing that you're saying. Like there doesn't need to be a Google Translate. Um, <clears throat> and so I guess it's that in, in, in what ways do you feel for you that your container for for lack of a better word is expanding hmm. so one of the ways well i'll talk about the easiest one right now um i never wanted to get on twitter or instagram but in particular twitter i was like what are you going to do like tell people you ate you know eggs for breakfast like that's what i like who cares you know what i that's what facebook doing. is for right <laughs> you know which was also like didn't interest me yeah. and and i just thought twitter was more of that and um and i ended up needing to get on it for work and and as a result ended up making all these amazing friendships yours included mm -hmm. and and you know, that was one place where, you know, that there was a comfort zone that got, you know, moved out of. And, and as a result, an entire world of friendships with people who thought about things either that I thought about and didn't know other people thought about or who thought about things that never occurred to me mm. that I really needed to know. This is where everybody was milling about and talking and excited. And, you know, so that's, that's one place where I've been um, excited to have that opening. And another place is, 
spiritually, you know, I feel like I'm always, I'm always having opportunities to expand what I think is the world through a spiritual lens. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a religious community. Um, I grew up between Florida and Jamaica with um, my my mother in Florida, my father in Jamaica. My family is a combination of Christian and Baha'i, depending on who the people are. Um, and and I grew up with like so many of us have in the West with a very Judeo Christian, like an old school Judeo Christian way of looking at things. Like if bad things happen to you, it's because you're bad. Yes, and, you know. Um, good things happen to good people yes. and, 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 um, like just, just this kind of very limited understanding of the way that life works or limited in my understanding anyway. And, and I've been finding out that there are so many ways of approaching the world and so many ways of approaching, um, different, pieces of like spiritual guidance and truth from every angle. And I'm not being very specific here, but just, you know, it's, it's really, it's been mind blowing. And every time I get pushed to a point where I feel like, oh, my understanding is so limited and I'm, I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. Then Mm. all of a sudden it's like, oh, Hey, it's actually great that your understanding is limited and it's great that you're uncomfortable because somebody else is too. So why don't you just like hold hands with that person? Oh, look, there's now we feel really great. We're learning new things. Um, and then also just in, in relation to the, to this nation that we're in, I, I had a kind of epiphany yesterday that my allegiance is not, boy, this can be taken out of context really easily. So I hope anybody who's listening doesn't take it out of context, but my allegiance isn't to this nation. Amen. Um, my allegiance is really to this planet and the humans on it. And America as a construct is, is that it's a construct and we can make it into many different things. And it obviously means many things to many people. Um, I was born in Jamaica to an American mother. I was born a U.S. citizen. And then I grew up most of my life has been here. I feel like both, but I definitely feel like an American and, there was something so freeing about just being pushed to a point yesterday with some of the things that I was seeing that, that made me actually feel like I could be of benefit to this country better by detaching from it. Some that that makes, that makes complete, complete, complete sense. I think that there's something that is inherently dangerous about nationalism. Yeah. Um, and exceptionalism yeah, and really, um, if your, if your actions are derived based off fear and, and really that's, that's what it is at the end of the day. Like at least for me in the basest way possible, in the simplest of terms, making a decision based out of love or making a decision based out of fear. And this country was built upon genocide, slavery, rape, murder, pillaging, um, just brutality. 
that's that's what this country was built upon. It was built upon the blood of the indigenous people of this country. You know, um, it was built upon the blood of individuals that were taken against their will. Um, and, and, and freedom was most certainly not for all. It was for some. Mm -hmm. And, and so I've never, America happens to be the place that I was born. It's the place that I was raised. It's the place that I was given opportunity you know, and I know that there's the argument of like, well, if you were born in Saudi Arabia or I like, but that's a thing. But I also very well could have been born in Canada or Switzerland mm -hmm. or France or England or Italy or Ireland or Scotland, you know, um, and I, I have a globalist view. Um, I don't have a micro view in that sense. My micro is planet Earth, <laughs> and the macro is the multiverse. Yeah. Because the truth is, and I just said this to my love last night, um, and I was, because uh, we, were, we were talking and, and I was sharing with her about how grateful I was that she helps me to see um, and experience the lightness of life, mm. you know. And I, I said to her that sometimes, because she was talking about how I, for her, simple things like literally stopping to smell the flowers, which I do, mm -hmm. you know, or getting to walk barefoot on the ground, um which in one way or another can be looked at as some hippie dippy shit, you know, <laughs> however, just solely based upon my experiences, experiences that have altered the way that I feel, think, engage, and know, um, sometimes simply smelling a flower or having my feet, supported and held up by the earth, mm -hmm. the ground, the mud, the dirt. Sometimes those are the only reminders that I have that there is more to this life than what I'm seeing. If that makes any sense. Oh my God. It, it a hundred percent makes sense. And I mean, there's, lots of anecdotal evidence and probably some science behind this that I can't cite right now. So I won't pretend that I know for sure, but you know, as there's this whole school of thought around grounding earthing, you know, putting your feet on the ground. We, you know, our, our earth has electromagnetic properties, properties. you know, flowers are aromatherapy in your face, <laughs> fresh aromatherapy, <laughs> you know, that's a real deal. You can pay somebody to do that for you, but you can also literally go outside and get it. And especially as fortunate as we are in LA where there's a lot of rose bushes, it's kind of amazing. I know. And I'm a big, a big proponent of stopping and smelling them. Cause if you really 
huff one, Mm -hmm. you feel it. Yeah. Like I can feel my cells relax. And if I sound like a hippie, fine. Um, fine. Call me a hippie. Call me a witch. I will take it proudly. I do hug trees. I touch leaves. Try it. You'll like it. Yeah. Leaves. Yeah. The first when Heather and I had our first date, um, instead of flowers, she brought me stop it. Those, which are these beautiful oak leaves because we started dating in the fall. And I can't with y'all. I just can't. And I, and I saved them like they're, they, I, uh, yeah, like it's, I, uh, and they still, oh, they smell so good. They smell so good. I, I love them. I love them. And uh, for fuck's sakes, I'm like, I like the truth is I don't even really know where to begin. Because I feel like we've we've started talking about so many things that I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I feel myself needing to quote unquote ground mm. and actually put my feet on the ground and get very, very, very centered. Um I'm going to ask you something that I don't really, I don't know that I've asked many people on this show, if anyone at all, what do you feel about death? What is your personal Mm. relationship with it to it? And what are your feelings about your own quote unquote mortality? Um, go okay (laughs) first of all i really wish that this was being videotaped because tag along like what are your feelings about death tag along just sat up eyes wide (laughs) i was like this is like a perfect um cinematic moment death what um and now now she's laying down again but um thanks for asking that's a great question Death is something that I'll say my, my mother has a really beautiful view of death and I grew up with that. And it was one that really soothed me and made me feel like there was something beautiful and purposeful to it. Mm. So I, I mean, I remember the first family member that, I remember passing away was I was about six and, and I remember a lot of people that we knew dying when I was a kid and growing up as a teenager and, um, both from natural causes or from violence. Um, and, and so death has just kind of been a a regular visitor to my personal life. And my mother's attitude when people died was she, Always the first thing she does is say something along the lines of how wonderful it is that they're free from this world. Mm. Not that this is a terrible world, but just that her belief is that this world is limited by the body and the, like our physical constraints and in that when we pass away, we just leave the body here and that our soul continues to move on. 
and and this is also a teaching in the in the Baha'i faith. So I grew up with this idea that the physical life is just the 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 first stage, or really the second stage in a, in the life of a soul. So like the first stage being the womb, where mm-hmm. you're growing the physical being. Mm-hmm. Um, this this second stage being where you put to use your the physical limbs and your eyes and your ears and everything that you grew in the womb, you put them to use in this particular sphere. And that those were things that were a pain in the ass in the womb. Mm. Like all the things that took up your space became the things that were the most useful to you Mm. here. And, and that this, this, this teaching as I understanding understand it is that in this life, we acquire the spiritual limbs and, eyes and ears and everything that we need for when we leave the body behind and that as we grow it gets tighter in here and things seem less useful because they because we don't know that they're for another purpose like Mm. our compassion our patience Mm. like that these are the things that are actually building our our spiritual body in a sense and and so you know when my mom would talk about people passing away it was that they left behind the the casing and took the rest of themselves to wherever we go yeah um which i don't think is necessarily i don't believe it's a geographical place i think there's stuff that i can't really conceive of in the same way that when i was in the womb you couldn't have explained to me what earth was like yeah um but there was a comfort for me in this idea that that we're always growing and I also don't believe that there's, um, a hell. Like I, I believe that we're just cognizant of our growth, however limited or expanded that is. And, and that we continue to grow, that there's no, there's no, um, kind of eternal punishment or, you know, we're just always growing and that just made me feel good. So I, and I, just to add to this, sorry, is it, I don't know if I'm talking too much. No, or this what, is, this is exactly what this is, love. Okay, cool. Um, there's, I remember, um, hearing a medium talk about when people die. Um, and I don't know how, like, I, I, I do believe that there are people who have a greater sense of what's going on mm-hmm. in spiritual realms than I do, that they just have more perception than I do. Maybe he was for real, maybe not, I don't know. But what he said made so much sense to me, or it fit in really well with my understanding. Um, what he said was when he contacts people who've passed on, when he contacts souls, um, they're never concerned with how they got out of this life. Um, he said a lot of people would ask him, you know, when someone's murdered, like, are they suffering? Is it, you know, this torment because of what happened? And he was like, their, their sense of, of, of an expanded life and where they went is so huge that how they got there becomes like secondary, extremely secondary. He was like, it's basically like a plane ticket. And, you know, sometimes you have like a really fucking shitty flight. Sometimes you have like a quick, sweet flight. Yeah. But if you're going to Tahiti 
and you're going to be in Tahiti for two weeks and all expenses paid, everything perfect. Like, yeah, we had this really shitty flight, but let me t- tell you about the, the hut that I'm in that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, under the water or what that doesn't make any sense, but whatever, you know, it's my dream trip. So leave me alone. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm a mermaid and everything's great. Um, but like, you know, there was something comforting to me about that. And yeah. maybe, you know, I don't know, just thinking about like how many lives have been lost recently and the suffering of their families now in particular, because it's not like losing somebody you know a 90 year old person who's laying on their deathbed and says what a wonderful life I've had and then sighs their last breath out as they look at you lovingly that's how we want people to go the way that so many people have been dying either because of violence or because of negligence um is horrific and I hope to God it's true that that they're less concerned with how they moved on um, than they are with where they are. Mm. I hope. So, yeah, those are a lot of my thoughts about death. I don't know if it covers everything, but that was a lot. Anyway. No, it's... it's. <clears throat> I'm so curious. I'm like, who is the medium? Oh, he... His name... I can completely remember his face. And he used to be on TV a lot. Um, I don't remember his name at all. He had kind of like, he was a white guy, kind of light colored hair, maybe in his forties at the time, but this could have been like 10 mustache or no, no. Mm. I mean, John Edwards, that sounds like it could James Von Pra. I don't think it was that one. Um, could have been the first one. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I just remember thinking like, you know, he's on TV, so I don't know if this is for, for real. Yeah. I say as someone who is on TV sometimes, <laughs> it's like, this could be bullshit. Well, that, oh, but, but, but that's, but it could be, it could be. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, you know, it's, um, I've met, I've met a lot of individuals that are completely full of shit and as open as I am, am in that regard, um, I'm also very aware and skeptical mm-hmm. and really who I really want to see. Like, this is like my only wish for my birthday. Everybody listening. <laughs> the only thing that I really want is to have a reading with Tyler Henry. Is he the young guy? Yeah. yeah. I know somebody who just got one. I want one so badly for like a number of reasons. I like really, that's the only thing that I desire is just like a reading with Tyler Henry. Guys, do not let this wish go unheeded. Please. Please. Um, No, because like my, my birth dad passed away in January of 2015. And then a few months later, my adoptive dad passed away. Mm. Um, And I didn't have a chance to say... I got to say my version of a goodbye to my adoptive dad months and months before he passed. Um, it was like, I feel on, you know, we we talk about all of these things and sometimes like hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. you know, and my, my relationship with 
you know, both my birth dad and my adoptive dad for, for different reasons, but really my adoptive dad was volatile, volatile for, for a number of years. And it wasn't until the last three or four years that he was alive that our relationship had completely changed. Mm. And it was almost as though our higher selves were um, having a conversation Wow, with each other um, without any three-dimensional words being used. And there was a receiving on both ends where he was fully receiving me and I was fully receiving him. And there was an acceptance and a love and a forgiveness that got to transpire. And, um, you know, so he had like one of the last times that I had spoken to him, he, he had said, he had sent me an email and the email said, um, I'm sick. Um, I'm sick. I need your help to finish project. And I thought he was hacked. I thought like his, because and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, phrasing that email. It's, it's not verbatim, but it, it was written and sounded like something you would get from some like rando who's like, I'm sick and need $15 million help me. So I remember I responded to his email and I was like, I think you got hacked. Um, and then he calls and then I found out that he indeed hadn't been hacked and that he had cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, I never, I never got the answer in terms of like what project he wanted me to help him finish. Mm -hmm. I like didn't because he had, he had brain cancer and it was, you know, um, all that jazz and, and, and there's something to be sad about just kind of wanting to have that, that sense of closure because I've had a lot of people in my life die. Mm. Um, and I've had a lot of experiences in terms of dreams or whatever, blah, 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 where things feel so real and, and they feel like visitations. Yeah. And though it's, it's difficult even for me, even though I've had, even though I have a fuck ton of receipts to back it up, to confirm, there's still something that I feel is lacking at least within me right now in return in terms of <clears throat> like my, my adoptive dad is like the closest aside from Henry, my dog, who's the love of my fucking life. Um, my adoptive dad is like the closest person, um, in my life that's passed away, you know? Um, so cause I found at least with certain mediums or whatever, they can speak in, um, very general terms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I I want specifics. Yeah. I want shit that like nobody else knows. Like, um, and I, I've gotten to speak with friends that have had experiences with different mediums and quite a few with Tyler Henry. Um, and that like how him and I got connected is like a whole entire other story. But the point of all of this is, um, you know, there's so much that we don't know. And I feel as though religion has a lot to do with, um, we're, we're taught what to think. We're not taught how to think, Mm. you know? And uh, I mean, you look at like the Bible before it was completely revamped by Constantine, you know, there was talk of reincarnation. There was talk. There was the gospel of Thomas. There was a gospel of Mary Magdalene. There was a gospel of mother Mary. There was a gospel of Judas. Um, <clears throat> just from like a, a, a Christian, whatevs, you know, and then you think of all of the other religions throughout the world or, or spiritual, um, creeds you know from nation to nation and whatever the fuck you know and I feel like as humans we are continually trying to and well no I can only speak for me um I spend a really long time wanting to figure it all out because if I could Mm -hmm. figure it all out everything would be okay (laughs) Amen. Like everything yeah. would be fine. Um, and I feel as though we're just starting to talk about mental health in this country, you know, yeah. in terms of anxiety and depression and, and, and whatnot, but something that is still, I think, considered very, very, very taboo is the discussion of one's spirituality and one's experience. And um, I think that there's a lot of fear yeah, and there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of the feeling the need to hide. And I've been like very honest and upfront, like about my experiences, like on this podcast, especially in my experience with ayahuasca and doing MDMA um, and that there are so many different paths to getting to have an experience with all that is. Yeah. Um, And at the end of the day, everyone's correct and no one is correct. And that's the, because for me, I feel like we're all quote unquote God godding. You know, if you ask a scientist, what is energy? Energy always was, energy always is, energy always will be. You ask a theologian, what is God? God always was, God always is, God always will be. And if God is all there is, all there is, and there's no separation. um, And I think it's so funny that Christians are really selective with their biblical passages. You know, like when Jesus says, like, don't ye know that like ye are gods and these and even greater work shall you do? You know, where it's, um, 
that means that we're the only way to experience self is through getting to have an experience with another. Mm. That's it. It's the only, it's the only way. So I really feel as though we're all God godding. Like makes a lot of sense. getting to have these different experiences of, Oh, that, and, and that goes to then also growth where it's, yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough of this experience. I desire something more. Mm-hmm. I, de- I desire something more. I desire something bigger and, and the growing pains and uncomfortability of that where it's <laughs> getting to go from like the fear based. Oh no. This is too much space for me to inhabit. Like, oh no, am I going to be received as opposed to the, ooh, kind of like Keanu Reeves in like the Matrix when he's like doing the hand thing and he's just figuring it all out or like this first time you like smoke weed, you know, and you're like, whoa. (laughs) this is a new fucking experience. And as opposed to being panicked about it, if you're awake enough and conscious enough of those moments that you are growing, like you talked about earlier, then it's, it's not so much rooted in fear anymore as it is, um, getting to, be in alignment and in tune with quote unquote, all that is Mm -hmm. and getting to have a new experience of self and how you relate to the universe, how the, how the universe in turn relates to you, um, and keeping your own counsel where it's, I don't give a fuck what other people think, you know, where it's, I, I have a spiritual navigator enough to know when I'm in the wrong. Mm -hmm. And when I am, I recognize it and I own up to it. And I accept responsibility for the words I have spoken, the email I have written, the tone, whatever you want to call it. Um, So that I don't need anyone else to keep me in line. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's so much. I'm like, <laughs> there's so much. There's so, so much. much. And I feel now that, like, I just went on a long tangent. Um, <laughs> like, loving every second of it. And so where, because obviously you're an actor and, like, a producer and a writer and all of those beautiful things and also a woman. And a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we, you know, spoke about at brunch, I'm not a woman of color. Just to, oh. yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go now. Actually, <laughs> I always thought you were a woman of color and I just don't have time for I'm, this now. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really sorry. Um no. <laughs> I receive you as you are. Uh, 
I receive that. I receive your receiving. I actually feel mad at myself for saying I receive you because I fucking love you. That's what it is. That's what it really is. And that's and but that's then receiving you is just part of that. I mean, that's yeah. all that is. Which actually, oh, this is when you were talking. Yeah. And you know, you started out talking about what you know what fear looked like and could drive and then you started describing all these things about alignment and you know being with what is and I'm like that's love to me this I'm seeing a lot right now you know on Twitter in particular um but among people like just getting really tired of hearing people say like I'm choosing to love in this situation Mm -hmm. and I get it because I think there's a very outdated way of looking at love where love is like about hearts and sweetness and that's it like, you know, love is, I mean, and this is also just this, this is like a teaching that I grew up with, but it's like that love is the, the, is what keeps the, the, the planets in motion. It's what aligns this, this, the universe. It's what it, it's the, the energy, if you will, of cohesion. And, and, and so love is part of, or justice is part of love punishment is part of love if it's just you know that like that there's when helping things be as they are at their best is loving and sometimes that means all kinds of things that are super uncomfortable but that's okay because if it's bringing things into alignment it's fantastic fear doesn't ever bring things into alignment fear's purpose is to drive you into hopefully something that will eventually make you want to align yeah it's either the headwind or the tailwind the headwind or the tailwind say more um well this i got from the documentary about dr dre and uh, his partner i can't think of his name and i brought up the quote once before where he was talking about he um was obsessed with music, needed to get a job in the 1970s, ba 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 didn't know what he was going to do. I'm totally fucking up this story. But the whole entire I point like is, it, so is that he had been fired from like the first two jobs that he had had. And then he was asked to be an assistant to this big record dude. And he got a call on Easter Sunday saying, I need you to come in and answer the phones. And his mother was like, no, what are you doing? It's Easter Sunday. The family's coming over. And he went Mm -hmm. to work. Pardon me. And when he got there, John Lennon was there. And that's when everything changed because his boss was like, I wanted to see if you were going to come in. Mm. And he talked about fear being either the headwind or the tailwind. It's either the thing that you're working against or it's the thing that is mm. um, propelling you forward. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. And because he I was willing like to tangles. Yeah. Where it's the scary decision, you know, like, and I think he was like an Italian, Italian guy, you know, and like, as an Italian, at least by adoption, I can speak on this based in terms of my family and how I grew up, where it's always about the family and blah, 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 mm. and holidays and aunts and uncles, and it's important in church and blah, 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 and all this shit. And to go against that, to go against, quote unquote, the family, 
you know, um, and be willing to go out on your own and make a decision for you. That's like the highest choice for you and not making a decision based off fear where it's, I don't want my mom to be mad at me, but, 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 but really getting to use the, I'm willing to take this action anyway, even if there are consequences involved with it in regards to family, but this feels intuitively right for me. That, Mm -hmm. that fear then I feel is the tailwind that propels one forward. I love that. You know, where it's making decisions and where it's decisions that are for you, that you intuitively know are the highest good for you, even if others would say it's not so. Yeah. Which means then that um, I'm grateful that I don't have, I would say, you know, there's, there's a continual cleaning out of things that no longer serve me. Are you okay? Um, but the, that pretty much every single individual being in my life, I'm fully received by, and I'm fully, the the only, the, the space is held for me to be. And there's never a you should or you shouldn't or you are or you are not and ba 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 in terms of this is not who you are because I know who you are better than you do. Does that make sense? Um yeah, hundred percent. Um and I wanna go back to something that you said that I think is so interesting and I'm like, I don't I I wanna get more clarification. Sure. When you talked about love um, sometimes love is punishment. Mm-hmm. What is, what does that mean? Like, well, I think about it in the way that you think, um, like a, a, a good and just parent mm-hmm. says, don't touch the hot stove. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You're four years old. Let's mm-hmm. say you're four years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Don't touch, don't touch the stove at all. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the stove. This is not for you to touch. Yeah. Because you know, as a parent, that most of the time it's fine to touch the stove. Yeah. But this child doesn't know the difference between when the stove is hot or not, mm-hmm. except to touch it. Mm-hmm. So we got to, at this stage in your life, you don't touch the stove at all. Mm. But I see you touching the stove. Mm-hmm. If I see you doing it one more time, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your TV time or whatever the thing is. I don't have kids, so I don't know. And I don't want to have to make those decisions because it sounds like a lot. But, um, but you say like, okay, for you, because I love you, I said no. And because you didn't listen, there will be a consequence. And that I think is conditional love. Conditional? I think that's conditional fear-based love. Ah, tell me more. And the reason that I say it is this, is that, if I tell, if I tell a child not to touch something, mm-hmm. but I don't give the reason as to why. Oh no, I would tell them why. Like, you totally. know, and they, and also, you know, children, when you have a, a kid that's just learning to pick up things and you see them drop the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again and the parent or whoever is just like, oh Jesus fucking Christ, stop it already. Yeah. Like stop it what they're failing to recognize is what that child is doing is learning. 
and they're actually getting to have the experience of, oh, if I drop it, it it's going to sound exactly the same. If mm-hmm. I drop it, like this is, it's not, it's not a game in terms of, um, I want to make mommy or daddy or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or whatever the fuck <laughs> angry, you know, um, or gender non-binary parent angry. I don't know. Is there a new word for parent? And I asked that in all honesty, not in a snarky way. Cause I know I can be a snarky cunt sometimes, but anyway, I, I really am curious in terms of like, is there another word now for parent, um, that doesn't have a, a clear gender pronoun. Um, oh. really curious about that. Now. Me too. So tweet me, let me know. Um, I, I really am me curious. Too, please. Um, I'm Parisa at Parisa FH. Um, but no, so, so they're learning and, and that's how, that's how we learn, you know, and it's, it's, it's that. And, and also like getting to obviously like getting to set those boundaries, mm-hmm. right. But the, but any boundary that is set has to do with self and never mm-hmm. another. So well, does that mean like, I think I understand you. I, I just want to clarify though. Yeah. So like my feeling, and I actually am a huge proponent proponent of, of, um, allowing children to explore the world. Yeah. Like re- they need it. That's how yes. they learn how to learn experience. But like, if there's something that's dangerous for them, this is where I'm saying, like, if I know I don't want you getting burned and to, like, let's just say it's tonight, mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. turn the stove on tonight yeah. and we're having a party and yeah. there's going to be a lot of people yeah. and it's, yeah. and all the burners are going to be yeah. on. You can't touch the stove. Yes. If I catch you doing it more than once. Yes. You're going to your room. Yes. Yes. Simple for yes. your protection. Yes. Yes. Tomorrow, if you're really curious about this stove. Yeah. I'm going to show you how to make an egg. Yeah. Like, and we're going to do it together in a way that's like safe and manageable. Yes. You can ask me questions. Yes. You know, we can do this together. Yes. Um, I think that that punishment in that kind of realm is, is loving. Yes. And I also think that if somebody is, you know, um, well, I'll take it. Like, I think if someone's killing people, yes, it's loving that they should be punished for them and for the society like to to say like i i've i've run, i've run into a lot of people in religious contexts to feel like if the loving thing to do for somebody for example i like this is a real deal i've seen this one happen multiple times unfortunately but like where like where people are molesting children um but we don't want to hurt the person who's molesting children so let's try to help the person who maybe they need a good talking to (sighs) and we don't want to embarrass them and blah 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 blah. and you can say all of these things in the nicest voice that you want to do it in and mean as well as you want but if that person is out molesting children they are hurting children, they're hurting families, and they're hurting themselves. Yeah. Like, period. Yes. So, if I talked like this while I let you out to do it more, yeah, that no, doesn't no, no, mean no. I was being loving. Yeah. I, I feel like, actually, that's fear-based. 
Mm. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Well, yeah, exactly. This would be really embarrassing. Yeah. All of those things. Yes. So to me, it like proper, just imprisonment and counseling, mm-hmm. if it's warranted yeah. for whatever somebody's doing yeah. is loving yeah. to society and to that individual. Yeah. I like if you, if you can't be out amongst people, yeah. Let me take that off your plate. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's a loving thing. Absolutely. So, that's what I mean. Like I think to me, justice is an expression of love. Yes. As much as mercy is. Yes, yes, um, yes. And I guess it's the word, the, the word that rankles me or pushes a button within me is punish. Yeah. Because it's really, so misused. I really don't like that word in any way, shape, or form. Um, what, what would you? What's a what's a, a good alternative? Because I I feel that I also I have problems with the words like um, well love sometimes religion um, help <laughs> like there's all these words that have a dic- the dictionary definition and then there's the like yeah. uh, the con- contextual definition mm-hmm. based on our lives. So yeah. like what would be a good one for for punishment like corrective measure or even boundary that, that setting bugs me. Boundary setting. But like what about like to specify the like the particular well, yeah, I guess you'd say like so taking it to the the stove thing. Mm-hmm. Um what would you say to to your child um if they've touched the stove now twice, say like, if you do it again, there's going to be, I'm going to have to set a boundary. No, I would say, um, what is it within you that is compelling you to desire to touch the stove? Mm -hmm. Um, after I've requested that you don't. And if it's because you want to see for yourself, um, what it is and have that experience, you know, that means a, you don't trust me. Mm. And it also means that I've got to recognize within me that like sometimes a child is going to do what they're going to do regardless Mm -hmm. of what a quote unquote adult says. And I'm really just, what I would do is this. I would pull them over to me and I'd be like, hey, because I would assume that at some point in their little tiny beautiful lives of beingness, that they've had an experience, they've either scraped their knee or they've Mm -hmm. hit their head or they got a cut or they've had the experience of pain. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Hey, sweetheart, I want to talk with you for a second. Do you remember a few months ago when I asked you to, you know, um, and this is an experience that happened to me. Actually, no, that's not true. 
that's not, maybe it is. I don't fucking remember. And that's fine. <laughs> but if it was something like a few months ago, I, I asked you to not run down the sidewalk because the way the trees were growing, the sidewalk wasn't even. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't want you to hurt yourself. And if you tripped and you ran and you tripped and you got a really bad cut on your knee, remember? Remember how how painful that was and how you really hated the hydrogen peroxide and you hated God. that burn, you hated that feeling, remember? I do and, remember. Yeah, and <laughs> and you needed to and you needed to have that experience to recognize that when I suggest a request that you walk and not run or I request that you don't touch something. It's not me desiring to control you. It's um, really desiring for you to get to have the most expansive and loving experience that's also safe. Mm -hmm. And so with that, You get to remember when, like, mom was right yeah. and having the experience of having your knee and you, you got to see, you got to see, this is why we don't, this is why we don't run down the street, especially with the uneven stuff when you're just starting to recognize how to use your legs. And this is also why we don't touch the stove because imagine that owie on your knee but a hundred times worse. Like, would you want more? You remember that feeling, yeah? Yeah. I'm actually having just like <laughs> traumatic flashbacks. You're oh, too no, good I'm of an sorry. actor. Oh my god! So that's so that's <laughs> so that's what I would do. But like, then, what if they touch it again? Like, because I'm just imagining like a four year old going like nodding and nodding and then reaching up. Like, as you're literally looking at them, <laughs> I've just seen these kids, like, you know, they're looking you dead in the eye and slowly then, then you know what? Out. Then, you know what? This is also then what I would do. Mm-hmm. YouTube videos. I would show them, like, I would show them a video of what happens when you touch a hot stove. Oh, my God. Especially yeah. when you're a child. Hey. So that, uh, so it's a con, even that's a consequence. It's a part of their education. And that's, and that's, and that's the thing where it's, um, I know that ultimately we're all responsible for our own decisions, right? Nobody could stop me from shoving a pebble in my ear when I was in kindergarten oh, because I thought that it would come out of the other side. That's how I thought holes worked. They often do work that way. Um, You were right. And then I kept it. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And it wasn't until I had such pain in my ear that I said that I'd had like a pebble in my ear for like a week. And I almost went deaf. You know, just like when I used to love jumping off swing sets when I was a kid like I would like get really high and then I would jump off the swing and like I sprained my ankle more times than I care to count just like when I like would ride my bike really really fucking fast and I remember it was summertime and the sprinklers were on and we had like an uprooted sidewalk 
and I flew off my bike and I smashed into a tree and like, you know, had like my tooth, like go into like my bottom lip and I still have like a scar, like, you know, like from that experience. And those were all things that I had to, I never put another pebble in my ear. You know, I never fucking went down the sidewalk like a crazy person, like when the sidewalk was wet and even then when it was dry, you know, um, I learned to not jump off a fucking swing set, especially when there's like no snow or sand and it's just like grass. That's kind of hard. I needed to have these experiences in order for me to really get to learn the fucking lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and again, I'm not a fucking parent, so I can only think of like tag along and like Nenea, um, in regards to like when Nenea was getting trained, you know, and she would pull. And no, I'm the alpha in this fucking situation. But also it's like different because I feel like having a dog is like having a loaded shotgun, you know, where it's um, being very responsible with it. Yeah. And also knowing the potential damage that it can inflict. Yeah. You know, um, so I, so like, I think, (laughs) yeah. So like the thing is, it's not like, I don't like, I don't fucking know, man. Like I really don't fucking know. It could very simply be the case that that happened. I'd be like, get your ass in that chair right now. Sit down, be quiet. Like I could have one of those fucking days where it was like, I don't, don't give me that look. Don't. And that's the thing is that I have that with my, I have that with Tagalong and Nenea where I just give them the look. Yes. I give them the look. It's of, a shorthand. Like you, you and they're know. like, oh mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. She means business. So I, I feel like with, you know, with all of these things, I guess, you know, with this idea of punishment, it's making what you're doing is helping me see this in a way also as like, the word punishment isn't really necessary and it's, and it's probably too broad of a, it's a clunky term. Yeah. When I feel like maybe the more elegant way of, of stating this is that there's a consequence and the consequence could have many different expressions. Yes. And sometimes the consequences is, is something that nature provides for you. And sometimes the consequence is something I provide for you. And generally I feel like if we're, good human beings and not just with children, but like, you know, if we're trying to be good aligned human beings, the the consequences we provide are gentler than nature's consequences often. Sometimes, I guess, I don't know, but like, yeah, like that we, I think consequences have an, can have a loving nature to them. And I, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to go here. Go <clears throat> or come. I don't know. Well, do it. But, but, but again, right. It's all relative. Yeah. Cause you look at, um, 
a fuck face like Brock Turner, who mm. was the rapist that got three months in jail, um, who was a college student oh, because yeah, yeah, the yeah. judge didn't want him to ruin his life. Um, didn't like want like, you know, whatevs like, and, and I feel like if you are straight, if you are white, if you are male, um, and or female sometimes, you know, that version of justice, that version of consequence is a fuck ton different than if you are a person of color. Yeah. Um, it's unjust period. It's, yeah. And it's, and it's unfair to that, even to fucking Brock. Like, and, and that's, and here's, and that's the thing, right? So it's just like everything else. Um, you know, that the, the thinking of like divine justice, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes me think of like vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, where like God is like the quote unquote ultimate judge. Um, and, and again, right. It's, it goes to so many things that a, we don't understand that we really, really, really desire to understand Yeah, where, how the fuck can someone like Donald Trump become president? You know, how the fuck can there be the top, top 0.1% own pretty much all of the nation's wealth? Mm-hmm. Um, how could we have, you know, the poverty that we have in this country? How could we... There's every, every single way, every single place that I turn, I'm seeing injustice and injustice and injustice and injustice. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we can, as human beings, try to find those ways to, um, contextualize the why and what real justice looks like because the truth is we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And they talk about like karma and karma is a bitch. And like, I really love, um, Newton's law where it's every, every single thing has an equal, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Yes. Um, and, I love my lane. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and that's, and like, that's the truth. I don't, I don't know, um, the, the path for anyone else. I don't, I don't know what justice looks like, should look like, shouldn't look like for anyone else. I don't, um, because my version of, I feel like a violent rapist should um be raped hmm. and punished extremely um physically um sodomized with foreign objects just because i i want that justice right. 
in those ways that I feel as though I have not gotten that justice from when I was raped. And then for the rapist, that could be, they could be like, great, glad you chose that. So like, so that's, so, so that's what it is. Like in the ways that I feel as though I have not gotten to receive justice in the ways that I desire, because I feel as though, um, on one hand, how can this be? Mm-hmm. Like, how can this be? In addition to also when I'm having a good spiritual day, and this is the dichotomy I think of, of just being a being, is that I would not be who I am if I did not have the experiences in my life that I had. Yeah. That led me to then making the subsequent choices that I've made. Yeah. And getting to take responsibility for my life in that way. You know, um, which is that out of the comfort zone, fear being the headwind or the tailwind and, and all that comes with that. So I think that justice is a very relative term depending on who's doing the talking and who's making the, um, who's enforcing the quote unquote justice. It's true. I feel like this is why it's so, I mean, geez. Okay. So this is one of the things I've been thinking about lately also is that like coming to terms with the idea that the, the work that we're doing to try to make a better world is not, that we're not going to reap the rewards of it. Mm -hmm. Like really, let's just be honest. Human nature Mm -hmm. has incredible aspects, but often sucks so hard Mm -hmm. and, and it, and sucks in ways that it sucked from before our great grandparents were born. Yeah. And like for millennia. Yeah. And so just thinking about like, okay, if my job is not to make things happen that are pleasing to me, but to rather do my piece towards hopefully moving, moving the, the, the tide in a direction that will be hopefully better mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like if that's my job, um, then it some it takes some of the pressure off of trying to create something that I am like in in the image in which I imagine it should be, and it's starting to make me think. Okay, well, what are the root causes that of the injustice that I'm seeing around? Mm-hmm. Like because there are so many ways of being unjust, and the root causes are like countless. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only focus on some. And focus on some in my life and think about like, okay, when am I unjust and what created that? Often it's fear, but then sometimes it's like, it's insecurity. It's ignorance, negligence, like all fear, all fear. And and it drives all these other things and everything's super connected. Um, I also think about like, um, denial huge. It's one of the things like, you know, we talked about, you, you talked about earlier in the conversation, what are the things that, um, we started this nation off with the genocide, the rape, the slavery, all this stuff. 
we also started with an incredible amount of denial. That was the only way that any of those things could could flourish. And in when there is denial, when there is stuff to hide, all kinds of things grow out mm-hmm. of it. But because we don't take a look at that, we go, well, we don't have slavery anymore. We don't have genocide anymore. And we don't, and women can vote and, um, and everybody's equal. So we're fine. Not realizing that the root cause of all of those things mm-hmm. is still alive and well mm-hmm. and producing more things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, okay, like, can we, can I deal with this in my life? Mm-hmm. How can I be? less in denial about things. Mm-hmm. I'm in denial about the most minuscule things like all the fucking day. Like what? Like I have to go to the bathroom right now. Well, I actually do have to go to the bathroom, but I have to go to the bathroom like all the time. Okay. So you know and what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to pause. This is, this is perfect timing. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's perfect timing and a very strange segue, but it is perfect timing. Um, because I can now, yeah. If you'll excuse me. Yeah, go. See, this is you taking care of you. Which is like the most important. Um, so guys, I do have to talk with you for a second. So as you know, like I talked about the other week and I'm going to talk to you about it again, is that tag along. That's not what I'm going to tag along. Hush. Um, you know, I hate food shopping. I do. I hate food shopping. And, um, I've got to tell you guys that I really am loving HelloFresh. And if you heard me talk about it last week, HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun. So you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate. And HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste, which is so awesome because how many times do I throw out things um, that I don't, I make way too much and then I throw it out and it's horrible. And here's the thing that's also so cool is that HelloFresh delivers food to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated box for free. And it's less than $10 a meal. Oh my God. Delivery minute, delivery requirements for like, you know, a random like food thing is like 20 bucks. I've like, like less than $10 a meal. Oh my God. That's so great. So, um, you guys are gonna get for you guys are going to be able to have for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. You can go to visit HelloFresh and enter promo code LISTEN30. Again, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh and enter promo code LISTEN30. And I'm telling you, I loved what I got to cook. It was so much fun. Like there was a chicken thing, there was a pork thing, um, and you get these great sides. Like I got stuff for zucchini fries and mashed potatoes and this like really great burger. It was so awesome, so good. Um, And yeah, so again, check out HelloFresh, $30 off your first week. 
visit HelloFresh, enter promo code LISTEN30, and um, enjoy some light autumn meals. And we're back from bathroom break. Um, and, and, and with that, you know, um, <clears throat> this is like, I love talking to you. Like, oh my like God, I love, wise. love, 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 love speaking with you. And it makes me think, right. When, when you were discussing about, um, Denial. <laughs> denial. But it, yes, like you said that like denying that you had to pee and you have to pee all the time, right? Peeing. It's things like, you know, when I need to eat, what bill I need to take care of at what time. Like there's all, like, oh, how long it takes me to get across town. There's so many things. I feel like a lot of this is very much linked to truthfulness, which is another one of those like very inconvenient qualities that I am trying to. I, like sharpen in my life, you know, but it's like, like, am I really being truthful in every moment off? I'm lying to myself all day. You know, what's the last thing you lied to yourself about? Um, let's see. Oh God. Um, the last thing I lied to myself, I'm sure it was today. Um, it probably again had something to do with, Oh, I'll just say the last thing I lied to myself about was how much time I had to get ready. It wasn't a conscious lie. I didn't say to myself, um, I have an hour, but I don't need it. I need less. It was, it's, it's so natural to me to, to be in a, a place of, uh, how would I say this? Like n- negligent unawareness of my time. Hmm. Like it's a kind of somewhere between deciding to say fuck it and being totally like honestly like oh my god I had no idea what time it was somewhere in between that where there's just a kind of negligence of like I'm uncomfortable with this like I really want to you know I want to just get on Instagram and scroll through and you know just look at stuff and check out that's what I want to do I want to check out but I also have some goals Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm just going to check Instagram one more time. Okay. Quote unquote. Uh huh. Um, like stuff like that happens all day long, all day long. And what, you know, I don't, I'm not beating myself up over it. It's just like, I'm like, okay, look, that's what you're doing. But the more that I practice being aware of those little ways that Mm -hmm. I'm not truthful with myself, I find that it's easier than to be truthful about the bigger things. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, denial, I feel like we're all swimming in it. It's a huge, 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 huge part of our culture. Um, it's a huge part of my family's culture. Um, you know, it's it sometimes feels like it's the way that we make peace with things. I feel like it's the way I make peace with things with myself sometimes. But the reality is it always creates more chaos than anything yeah, else. For sure, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. It's, and I call it like, Telling the truth about the lie. Mm. Telling the truth about the lie. And there's this great quote um, from Neil Donald Walsh, who also is that that quote about uh, life begins at the end of your comfort zone, you know, and he he talks about um, betraying self in order not to betray another is the highest form of betrayal. Mm. 
Yeah, because it's at the end of the day, I I feel like like so similar to this idea of of love not being this kind of finite feel good thing, but rather this pervasive energy. Mm-hmm. I think that also. Um, truth is that well it's the same it's the same thing yeah it is they really are they're like, like truth, one the same because it's if you were living in your truth and you know i i pretty much am probably going to quote this every week on this show because it 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 really is it's true you know when i went to do my mdma session um the the gentleman doc who I was, I was working with, he said to me, he was like, Heather, do you want to know the greatest secret in the whole entire universe? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, the truth always feels good. Mm. And I feel as though we've been conditioned as a society or at least definitely me raised upon the belief that feeling good is bad. And, and you know, that, and I'm talking, all of my power comes from my vagina. Like my power comes from my vagina. And when something really, truly feels good, I feel it in my clit. I do. And it starts there and it moves to my hips and it moves all the way up. And I feel it in my belly button and my solar plexus until it just envelops me girl i wish you all the joy in the world (laughs) i'm like this is wonderful and and the thing is though um anytime i would start to have that feeling historically i would immediately shut it down Mm -hmm. because i associated pleasure with being bad right oh and your vagina is a naughty place it's it's beyond the naughtiest place and i was neck down dead you know so in those moments that i was in touch with that it was a feeling of pleasure followed by a feeling of disgust, grossness, whatever. Also because I didn't at the time have um, autonomy or complete ownership or I was in the illusion that I didn't have complete autonomy or ownership of my vagina because right. that I, I was not given those tools, nor was I given that experience Same. growing up. Um, so in regards to like the truth, feeling good, it's the truth, my truth, my truth of what feels good for me. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, and, and the difference between, you know, cause I, I talked about this with Heather and I think we actually just talked about it again last night or, uh, where there's a difference between this chocolate cake is going to make me feel good right now, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I'm going to eat the cake and then I'm going to feel gross and blah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, where it's like, what's the deeper truth where it's, Am I using this cake because I really desire this cake or am I using this cake as a way to, um, mask my feelings because I'm actually really, truly feeling uncomfortable. What is the truth? And sometimes that truth gets to be uncomfortable, but then when I get to discover what the fuck it really is, then there is that freedom and that feels fucking good. 
like the truth will set you free. It's and not the universal truth, but your own motherfucking truth, like your fucking truth. And that's fucking it because you're not, I'm not living my life for anyone else, but self, because that's all I have. That's all I am, you know, and it's getting to be it in those beautiful, 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 um, I don't even want to say relationships, getting to be in those beautiful, reflectorships. Hmm. Where it's, um, I, I see me through you, you know, and, and you see you through me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that reflection, especially when it's beautiful and so loving can be the most difficult thing to receive. Because that then means that I need to take a spotlight of truth upon the lie that is being reflected, which is that I'm not worthy of receiving love. I'm not worthy of being seen in such a glorious light. Because if that's true, that means everything else I've been taught is a lie, which means that I've been living a lie in one degree or another And that means then that I need to grieve Hmm. and I need to um, be an experience with that pain. And most people don't desire to experience pain. And so they try to mute it as much as possible, which then means that they mute the love as well. So, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, like deny, 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 because the truth would be too much, right? Yeah. And if the truth does feel good, ultimately feels good, and we're told that 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 feeling good is wrong, feeling good is a sin, feeling good is dirty in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Because what that is, like at least for me, is like being in my power. Yeah being in my autonomy and, and that if I'm responsible for my power, responsible life for life, responsible for self, it means that I am responsible for all actions. I'm, I'm responsible for it all, which means that I can never blame. There is no blame. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh, that means then that, when I fuck up, I'm going to fuck up, you yeah. know, um, and recognize humanness. Yeah. One of the, one of the most important spiritual, emotional lessons I've ever learned is about how, um, about looking at what my role is, even when other people have hurt me. Yeah. Like what role I played, not, not fault. Not blame. Mm. I'm not to blame if somebody yeah, 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 victimizes yeah. me. Yeah. But like what my role has been yeah. in this situation. Yeah. Without judgment. Mm. Um, did I 
choose not to defend myself. Could I even, if mm. I had the opportunity, mm. um, did, you know, again, without judgment, without mm-hmm. saying like, you know, okay, so this person, let's say somebody hits my car in traffic. Mm-hmm. What was my role in this situation? Um, I was, my role was innocent. I can say that totally mm-hmm. innocent. Mm-hmm. This person ran into me. Okay. Um, my role now is to seek justice. Like I actually, I'm going to have to call my insurance. I'm going to have to report this. That's the, that's me being responsible for mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. And being a responsible mm-hmm. person in society. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to take care of this. This mm-hmm. is my role. Mm-hmm. And this, what I found is like practicing looking at things this way has mm-hmm. helped me drastically resu- re- reduce my resentment mm. towards people yeah. and, and drastically reduce blame, blaming other people. And also reduces the blaming myself mm. like it, it, from a, how does it like not, it's not about not taking responsibility. Yeah. I think that word blame is mm. real. It's very related to the word shame mm. where it's like, there's the connotation is that there's something wrong and bad about you yeah. in your core as yes. opposed to what you just did. Yes, for so, sure. So yeah, anyway, it's just it's something that I've been thinking about and what you're saying is making me think about this as well. It's like, you know, yeah, like being, being in our truth, being, um, being in the truth of a situation yeah. and, and, and then acting from there is huge. And, you know, I just, I, I've heard, I've heard this said before and read this before that, you know, humanity can be thought of as actually a collection of cells mm-hmm. and in one body. Yes. And, and that this is something that gives me like a tinge of hope when I think about what might come of us as yeah. a, as an, as a global body Yeah, is that even what we do as individuals has a, an impact on the whole somehow. Yes. And when I look and I see certain people in the world doing things that are so, so fucking wrong that they seem irredeemable. Like mm. I'm like, that person's not coming back from this. What can I do? Yeah. That it's not selfish to think, well, what I can do is work on me. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how you can can do really, really hard on making this part of the body as strong as possible because sometimes, I mean, this is the thing I work out so I don't get depressed. I don't, I don't have to work on my psyche. I work on my body and my body works on my psyche. Yeah. Like that, that helps. So maybe it's like this. Maybe we try to get as healthy as we can in the pockets that we can. And that maybe that's going to also be a part of making the world a better place. Yeah. And, and, and that, and that, and therein lies the rub, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, it is it's perfect because it's what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's it. It's, it's what's happening. Like that's the reality. The reality is what's happening. Yeah. Um, and all of the <sighs> good and all of the shit. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like, even shit's good. It's how you grow flowers. Exactly. You like the smell of those. So, yeah, and it's it's um the the leaves we help them. We help trees to thrive as much as three trees help us to thrive. Mm. It's um a symbiotic relationship. You can't have one without the other. 
and I feel as though we've 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 lost sight of that and we've become so incredibly self-centered we've forgotten self mm-hmm. yeah it's right like we're, we're lower self-centered and forgotten the higher self we're literally yeah. just we've forgotten mm-hmm. and like to remember to literally remember again mm-hmm. oh i remember i'm remembering who i am i'm remembering the truth you know like oh, i, I remember um and i will say one thing about when you were talking about the what's my part um because i have a feeling i know what you're talking about um and i i i um i get to see for me right where it's um that sometimes that it's always about how do I, how do I react? Mm -hmm. Like my car gets hit, right? Yeah. Um, my part, where was I, this, that, the other it's, well, if I got out of the car and I was like, you fucking asshole, what the fuck is wrong with you? You stupid bitch. Like whatever the fuck. Um, you know, that's, I was angry and I took it out and I bop up because I was in fear, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's always, I'm making a decision based out of love or based out of fear, you know? Um, and, and getting to be aware and getting to recognize where it's like, well, I, I wasn't aware of the feelings that I was having. And in that lack of awareness, I then reacted and acted, um, and the difference between I am an asshole. No, that's not even a good example. The difference between I am wrong versus I was in the wrong. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and, but it's like, you don't know until you know when you like to fucking my Angelou, like I love this quote and I use it all the time. Like when you know better, you do better, you know? And like, sometimes you don't, you don't know until you know. And I know I keep on like quoting Jesus in the Bible today. I don't know what the fuck, but it's like, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Yeah. So it's, um, and that goes back to the stove, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's forgive that child for that child Mm -hmm. doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they don't have the experience that I have. And so the truth is just as any good, no, just as I would where I have to be in acceptance of the decisions that they make because at the end of the day, the truth is I don't want the people that I love to hurt. Yeah. I don't want them to hurt, but that, but it's not my responsibility, um, to prevent the hurt because that's, it's not my role. Because I don't know how that hurt and how that experience might benefit them later on. Like, I don't know. I that don't would know. Be hard for me. I mean, to find the balance of like, I mean, I guess this is what I would want to try to do is to find the balance of like, where, where is my role in t- protecting you from this hurt? And where is it time to stand back? Like, I'm like crossing the street. You're not going to get that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you don't get to find that one out. 
on my yeah. watch. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. 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 And it's, but I hope I would let them jump off the swing to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no. And, and that said, and that's the deal, like the difference between, um, letting people like have their experiences versus trying to manage them. Yeah. And the same thing goes for feelings. It's not my responsibility to manage anybody else's feelings. You know, all I can do is, um, hear them acknowledge and, and receive them and mm. respect them. And, um, that's it. Hold space for them, hold space for other people's feelings. And that doesn't mean that I'm responsible for them. No. And that's when I'm coming from a place of love, that's how I am. When I'm coming from a place of fear is when I want to manage feelings Yeah, and just think like this is another reminder for me of like checking in with the truth. Like yeah. that truth that you talked about where it's like, it feels good. Yes. Like if I sit in a quiet moment and ask myself, do I need to talk this person down from this thing or do I need to walk away from this person? It's often walk away. You know, it's often like this person is wound up and it's not that this unwinding is not my job. Um, I have a tendency because of my own history to want to like go and manage it and be like, let me talk you out of it. And you see how you're all twisted up and you don't want to be twisted up and let's, you know, and it's like, and sometimes that's the case. I have, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to start crying. Hold on. (laughs) My best friend is we, we function. Well, I have, I have a few best friends, to be honest, I have, but I have one here in, um, in California who is like, we have a very committed, um, a very committed relationship. We call each other our wives, barring the, the, uh, the, the fun stuff. Um, she's got a husband for that. Um, but we, we work with each other on a daily basis mm-hmm. on our relationship. Yeah. Like, we, that's how we actually became friends because we were distant friends, acquaintances, even Mm -hmm. who were like, who kept thinking about each other from across the country. And we're like, maybe we should talk more. Yeah. Maybe we should try to like check in every, every day for two minutes because this is, we have this tendency, both of us to isolate. Yes. And it turned into like 45 minutes a day and you know, this epic, awesome relationship. But the thing is like, she's somebody who, it's okay for me to unwind. Yes. We have the mutual per- permission and we are doing our own work. So on the occasion when somebody is like, like, fuck, I didn't sleep. I haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. I got 12 things on my plate. Mm-hmm. I got no time for any of it. Yeah. And now I'm just a, a, a mess. Yeah. There, I can come in and be like, cool, 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 I got you. Now, if that is your life on a daily basis, that's not for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's definitely not my job. That's emotional. That's being an emotional vampire. Right. And I don't need any of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like, fix it. Fix it for me. Yeah. As opposed to getting to take responsibility and getting to have somebody that's going to hold space for you. Yeah. With which to process and figure things out. Yeah. And I, man... There is nothing better than having that like it's it's the best. I just want to like step aside from this conversation tangent for a second and just say whoever's listening 
get you a good, healthy relationship. It does not have to be someone you're sexually attracted to. You commit to it and you build with it and you'll learn how to apply it to like everything else in your life just naturally. Like your being wants it. I, I feel like I can speak with authority on that. You can fight me on it later. But like I feel like all our beings want health. And when you find it in one place and you get to know it, it, it becomes harder to be unhealthy anywhere else. And that's what I've learned from this relationship. Like, is that I'm like, oh, in a dating situation, I'm like, you don't understand what what you are um, competing against right now, mm. sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't come correct in the way that I know is correct, then don't come. And it's been really helpful. Mm. So, mm. I mean, not mm. that I not mm. I, not that I have to find somebody else that exactly matches what she does for me, but it's like I'm like I know what it. I know what the truth feels like. I got you. That's what it is. And so I'm like, your your version of the truth can be a, a different kind of truth, but but it won't resonate as truth with me if it's bullshit. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. And I guess it, it also makes me think um, your, your truth with your friend is not necessarily going to be the same truth that you have with someone else, no. right? No. Where it's... Um, I got other much lighter, sillier truths. I mean, well, she and I are like, we run the gamut. It's yeah, all the things. Absolutely. But like, but yeah, there's, there are other people who like, we have like a solid fucking relationship, but it's yeah. never going to, we're not going to like unwind each other or yeah, we're no. not going to go super deep. Yeah. But, but when you know what truth feels like somewhere, yes. you know what, it, it helps you become sensitized, sensitized to truth in general. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Which is why I'm trying to pee when I need to. Which is amazing. <laughs> because again, like it's the highest good for you is highest good for everyone else. Yes. You know, because you're getting to then take care of you because your needs are important. Um, and that you're not secondary to anybody else, which means that you're going to, that's something I'm learning on airplanes. Oh, the seating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where it's, I've got to pee. And I'm going to let you know that I've got to pee. And I'm not, and if, and it's always the fear that they're going to be upset, right? Mm -hmm. um, but also I feel like if you've had the experience of um, your comfort is secondary to yeah. everybody else's, then that's how you're going to, you're going to automatically feel like a burden. So it's like, let me try to make myself as invisible and small mm -hmm. as possible. So I don't bother anyone else. Um, so I'm so grateful to not be in that fucking spot. Um, I feel like I've got like 2% more to go. I'm like seeing like the last little vestige kind of fucking roots. Um, that I'm getting to really look at and, and grow from, um, which is, it, it's, it's grief inducing. <laughs> it's grief inducing. It's heartbreaking and it's, um, really beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Damn. Um, summed up life. <laughs> and, and on that note, now that we've, um, solved all of the universe's problems, um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I've got nothing else after that. Um, 
but all I can say is that I I'm so grateful that that you came on. I'm so grateful that I get to have you in my life and that I, I'm getting the gift of, um, getting to know you in a, a deeper, more honest, intimate way. Um, and everybody check out fuck at midnight, Texas. Um, yeah, you can catch us on Hulu. Yeah, man. NBC website. Um, and Thank you, Prisa. For, Thank for you for having out. me and for sharing all of the things that you do and your journey because it's so helpful and inspiring and encouraging mm. and grounding. Uh, I, 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 I receive it Woo-hoo. and I, I, um, I receive it and I, I am grateful and appreciative that like you receive me, um, and, you know, like I said to you the other day, cause like we have, we're, we're starting to have brunch conclaves. Um, like you're a magical fucking powerful being and I'm so excited for you. And I feel like you're just getting started. Thank um, you. even though you've been doing this a long time, but mm-hmm. I feel like all of the, all of the, um, most powerful artists are the ones that um, have really taken 20 to 30 years to become quote unquote overnight successes. (laughs) You know, it's, it's got it. It's, it's gotten to really build that strong, strong container um, and really fill it out. So, um, all right guys, thank you for listening and we will, is there a show next week? I think there is a show next week. Yes, there is a show next week. But I think that I'm going to take a break for a week or two coming up in like the next few weeks um, and gear up with some awesome brand new stuff for Shut Up and Listen with Heather Matarazzo. And for fuck's sakes, please leave a review on iTunes if you can. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Um, and that's it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.